Salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good Thursday morning. The day after the anniversary of landing on the moon. At least they told us they landed on the moon. And uh, I'd love to do a poll on that someday to see how many people think we actually actually went on the moon because I'd ask the question, how come we haven't gone back? Uh, you know, we, we, went, we were on that sprint back then. They called it the uh, uh, space war, wasn't it, what they called it or whatever. And so we had to beat the Russians. And so we said we went on, uh, we went on the moon. I happen to be one of those guys. I don't know it. I don't know if I believe it. I don't trust the government. I don't believe anything they tell us. Trust but verify. But I, we slipped by yesterday, and I didn't even get a chance to acknowledge that Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and uh, Conrad. Is that the other guy's name, Conrad? I think of the three of them, the first three guys supposedly on the moon. So we acknowledge that, and uh, the Internet probably came out of that, and a lot of other stuff that we're dealing with, cell, cell phones. So thank God for whatever they did, uh, that, that they did it. Um, man, I'm, I'm in a... I'm in a what? What? I'm not a bad mood. That's not. That's. I've had this spirit on me. It's a good spirit. It's a good spirit. It's a. It's a. Uh, it's a prodding, prickling, uh, jabbing spirit that I can't seem to get away from for the last three or four days. So I don't want to come on here again this morning and and uh, bleed ooze all over you guys. You know, I, I said, told Mel yesterday we would talk about uh, uh, some action here with the Liberty Action Network, and then got busy and never got a chance to get back to. Her. So Mel, we'll do. I don't know if you're ready to do that. We'll. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit. I have to leave town today so we can talk while I'm while I'm leaving town and we can get this thing all, all buttoned down because we have to move beyond. All of us know this. We have to move just beyond uh, uh, talk. We have to. It's obvious. We have to move beyond talk. The other side isn't. So I've got some good stuff to you for you today. Uh, I love the dialogue, the give and take. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff happening in the in the United States of America. I want to start out um, Myra, pray us in here, if you will. That way I won't get too deep into what I'm saying and, and forget your forget your prayer, dear. Coach, I will be delighted to do so. Mm-hmm. It is written, Romans 8, 1-7. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life is it's in law. Christ Jesus. It's a law. Wait a minute, wait a minute Myra. It's a law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. Like the law of gravity. It is a law of the spirit of life. There's a law there. Go ahead. Yes. Jesus had made me from the law of sin and death. There's a law of sin and death in two. Does anybody know what? I'm sorry, Myra. Anybody know what the law of sin and death is? It's very simple. The souls that sins, it shall die. That's a law. God, God spoke that into being. That is a law. You sin, you die. But thank you that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus trumps the law of sin and death. That's what salvation is all about. 
That's what Romans 1 is all about. We are we have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. We deserve death. It is the law. But Jesus came in, he paid our price, paid, paid the fine, and now there's a spirit of life in Christ Jesus that trumps the law of spirit and death. So get it? Isn't it cool? It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me void, has made the law of uh, uh, law of spirit of life, and you guys, he's made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm no longer under that law. Isn't that awesome? Myra, you can start again if you want to. I, you don't have to, but I just, I had to get that out of me. Thank you so much, Coach. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the fresh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful fresh and for sin condemn sin in the fresh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the fresh, but after the spirit. For they, for they are after the fresh to mind the things of the fresh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Mm-hmm. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. So, so we have a carnal mind and we have a spiritual mind, and that's where the battle ranges. That's where Jesus said to take captive every thought that exalts itself into against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. Because you have two laws that are at work there. The law, what was that law again, Myra? What verse are you in there, dear? I am in Romans uh, 8, 1 through 7. Romans 8. Hang on, let me catch up here a minute. This is really uh, uh, Romans 8 through 1 through 7. For this, for, uh, go ahead. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but spiritually minded is life and peace. Go ahead, Myra. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Oh, yeah. For yep. it is not subject to the law of God. Neither there it is again. There's that eat. law again. There's that law again. Jesus, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the carnal mind, verse 7, for 6, for to be carnally minded is death. Wow. But to be spiritually minded is not only life and peace. You know what we have going on? You know what's going on in America? There ain't, there ain't no spiritually minded. They're, we're all carnally minded. And, we're, and we are t- totally and completely 24 hours a day bombarded by the carnal, carnal mind. The carnal mind constantly, continually bombarded. It reaches the point where the bombardment is so great, especially with this thing right here. It is so great that it's almost impossible. I was reading something today that the average, 80%, 80% of the average uh, human being, 80% of them, never have a deep original thought on their own. 80% never have a deep original thought on their own. I want you to think about that. 
It's regurgitation and programming over and over and over and over again. And for the truth of the matter is, when you get into a conversation with somebody who, by the way, is carnally minded, they are simply going to regurgitate to you something they heard somebody else say. Never on their own did they come up with an original thought. So that's why, friends, when we go to people and say, why are you taking the jab? They don't have a response. Their mind isn't even trained to respond. They don't don't even think that way. They don't even have the ability to think. And do you know why you guys have the ability to think? Because you're spiritually minded. You have the mind of Christ. You have an inquisitive mind. You have a do this, don't do that mindset. And the average person doesn't. The average person is just reactionary. That's all they do. Which leads me right into the first quote. The first one I ask you to throw out there, Spencer. I, two of my, I saw this morning. I said, man, I just got to read those today. It says quotes. Up on your screen, I want you to think about this. This is H.L. Mencken. H.L. Mencken said this. Indeed, it may be said with some confidence that the average man, oh, that's where I got this, that the average man never really thinks from end to end of his life. There are moments when his cogitations are relatively more respectful than usual, but even at their climaxes, they never reach anything properly describable as a level of serious thought, sports, porn, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? The mental activity of such people is only a mouthing of cliches. What they mistake for thought is simply a repetition of what they've heard. My guess is that well over 80% of the human race goes through life without having a single original thought. That is to say, they never think anything that has not been thought before and thought before by thousands. Wow. And then I piggybacked on top of that one. This is a little bit of philosophy this morning. G.K. Chesterton said, the wisest thing in the world is to cry out before you are hurt. It's no good to cry out after you've been injured, especially after you've been mortally hurt. People talk about the impatience of the populace. But sound historians know that most tyrannies have been possible because men moved too late. It is essential, it is often essential to resist a tyranny before it exists. Boom. That's what, see, that's where we are, folks. Now, we're the ones trying right now to resist that tyranny before it exists. And I don't want you to come here every morning and think it's gloom and doom because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm trying to, I'm trying the best that I can with the help of the Holy Spirit help you understand the times in which we live and understand what it is we needed to do. And I was thinking about uh, the founding fathers. We, we heard that term thrown around a lot. Who were the founding fathers and what was the environment in which they operated and where did they get together and how did they come up with the idea to write a declaration of independence? What was that thought? What, what the heck was that all about? And are they any different than what we are today? And do we have the capability with greater means of communication, instant communication, instant visual communication? Shouldn't we have the ability to get more organized and more structured in the things that we're doing? And the answer to that is yes, we just don't think that way. But we have to. We have to begin to think that way, friends. 
And as I said yeah, yesterday, talking about Babylon has fallen in a day, in a day. You, you know, we get up tomorrow morning, the world could be entirely different tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, something could happen. They could shut down the dollar. They could shut down. Who, who knows? They could close down the Internet. Our entire life could change tomorrow in a day, in an instant. And I think we're walking in a false paradigm, believing that it's all going to be okay. And I, I, I think it is. As we spoke about yesterday, we're going to, have to do something. Can I read my commentary to you today? I spent a lot of time writing them. I hope you don't mind if I share it with you. Pulled up there today. I wrote on Bloody Hill. Again, folks, if you haven't shared that video with, with 10 people, sit, stop a minute. Even the people in the huddle don't do what we ask you to do. We get gripe, we gripe and complain because other people won't. I've asked you to send that video to 10 people, to watch it yourself and send it to 10 people. And I bet most of you haven't done that. I bet you haven't. And it's powerful. We have to change the way people think. We have to change the paradigm that we find ourselves in. So I wrote today on Bloody Hill. And if Spence, can you pull that up there for me real quickly? Uh, he's trying to find out which, which one it was. And I'm, I'm sorry, I should have given you a number. It is uh, number three. Number three. <clears throat> I, I wrote this in about uh, 15 minutes last night. Just got, I just bl- I bled all over you all, so bear with me if you can. They've lied to us. Our government, I'm speaking about. The government media complex is one of the most wicked partnerships in the history of this nation. Lie. That's all they do. They see the levers of power, and all they do is lie to advance the Luciferian agenda. They hide the truth, censor the truth, deny the truth, ignore the truth. Their father is a liar, and they're doing his handiwork. America is a nation under siege. The enemies are within the gate. They occupy the positions of power throughout every area of this nation. The media, education, entertainment, medicine, religion. Lies rule the day. The bigger the lie, the more convincing it is. Government would never harm you. Science is honest. Education is moral. Churches are apolitical. Lies. All lies. Churches are bought. Pulpits are pilfered. Pastors are cowardly. The Bible calls them ignorant, dumb dogs, afraid to bark, loving to slumber, greedy dogs. That's Isaiah 56, by the way. I'm sick of it. You should be too. But you listen to the boys on TV. They call themselves conservatives, yet they hide the truth. They talk about January 6th as an insurrection, as if 2 million men and women marching on Washington is some kind of crime. They poison your brain. They tell you there's nothing wrong. That's all in your head, that you're a conspiracy theorist, that the pharmaceutical companies can be trusted. Prices are skyrocketing. Fuel's off the charts. Shelves are thinning. Build back better is the only way forward. Fake news, fake genders, fake conservatives. Poisoning the mind of your children. Perverts are trolling your children in public schools. You wink and nod as they explain their sexual perversion is normal. You are the one screwed up. You are the bigot. You are the hate mongers. They cram debauchery into the minds of our young children and get away with it. I could go on. Lies are everywhere you look, and the church won't even stand up and fight for truth. Accepting perversion is loving as the deviants judge you for judging them. Divide and conquer is the oldest trick in the book. They shut down the churches. They told you to stay home. They destroyed small businesses while big box stores thrived. You took the jab. You gave it to your children. Now they are sick. Maybe many are dying. Most are damaged. It's only the beginning, folks. 
Biden was never elected. Use your damn brain. It's all been a sham. They told us they were going to do it. We didn't believe them. We trusted our elected officials, even though many of them were never elected. We looked the other way. We cowered in fear, still do. Afraid that one of your friends might call you a name. Pussies, cowards, idiots, fools. What name would you use for the average American? Your prissy pastor, if you still go to church, hides behind the pulpit while evil flourishes right outside the door. He or she, not much difference, won't mix the sacred with the secular or mix religion and politics as the devil eats our children. We were warned. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do do nothing. Are there any good men anymore? How do you recognize them? Where do you find them? Do good men ever push back? How did the average American male become so womanly? Womanly. We have a Supreme Court justice who cannot define woman. She, a woman, either lied or is ignorant. But both should disqualify her. We appoint cross-dressers to the highest offices in the land. And we act as if this behavior is normal. They are sick. No, wait. We are sick for tolerating this horse manure. We let them eat us alive. We cower in the corner, afraid to defend the truth. They destroy everything that is good. We applaud their debauchery. We know the truth, but refuse to defend it. We fold easier than a grandma's bra. We're pansies. Christian men are effeminate and cowardly, hooked on porn and sports, unwilling to defend their faith and their family, living by lies. Trump is coming back. Everything's going to be fine. Fools. Damn fools. Dumb dogs, afraid to bark. We'll give you an opportunity to get involved and a chance to awaken your friends. They lied to us about January 6th. It was a government insurrection against the people. Folks, it was the exact opposite of what they told us. The government was an insurrection against the American people. Over 75% of those locked in jail in Washington, D.C. are veterans. Maybe you need to read that again. Veterans are locked up in D.C. for peacefully demanding a redress of a stolen election. Over 18 months in jail for simply exercising their God-given right to question their government. And how many Republicans you know are fighting to free them? The government wants you dead. Can't you see it? Luciferians are running the show. Watch the documentary Bloody Hill. Share it. You must share it with your friends. Let your fellow Americans see what was done to God-fearing Americans, veterans, those who fought for our freedoms, now locked in government gulags. Watch it and share it. Grow a pair. Stand up and fight, damn it. Your grandkids are counting on you. Woof, woof. Boom. Just let it sink in. We seem to be so powerless. So powerless against all these forces of darkness. They're pushing back against everything that's good. Look, I don't know what it looks like. 
I don't know what the final organization looks like. I don't know what getting everybody on the same team looks like, but I know that we're supposed to do that. And I know it tells us in Psalm 133 that where there is unity, God will command a blessing. He'll command one. He doesn't just invite one. He doesn't just flip one that way. Where there's unity, he commands a blessing. And there's no unity. We're not talking about uniformity. There's no unity. We have to get organized. We're going to stand up and push back and be effective in, in this fight. I went on way too long. Too long. Come on in, Reggie, uh, Dennis, and Jack. <clears throat> yes, Coach. Good morning. Uh, that, that was wonderful. I was I was reading it this morning before uh, you, you put it on the show. But <clears throat> um, America, you know, our forefathers, going back to that point, you know, they knew oppression. They knew, you know, how the government can be oppressive and keep them down. That's why they rose up. Right now, everybody, you know, I, I, I look out my front door and I see everybody hauling their UTVs and their boats and the trailers, you know, getting away for the weekend. America hasn't felt the pinch. That's why all these countries overseas, uh, uh, Joe Allen was talking about it yesterday. You know, they know what an evil government can do to them. But, you know, the Luciferians got smart with the American government and, you know, they just they press a little bit and then they back off. You know, just that, you know, a little bit of convenience and then they back off. So until Americans, most of them feel the pinch and realize that they've been duped and everything else, this is going to continue and you're not going to get anybody to stand up. They're like, oh, it's not that bad. I can I can take a little more. That's right. That's right. And, and it's BS. It, it's absolute garbage. Dennis, how, how can the average American says, I'm serious now. Well, how can anybody in their right mind not understand the dangers of the indoctrination of our government schools. How can, how can people not see that? How, they don't how, want how, can, to. how can people so turn a blind eye to the poison that's being fed to their children and not give a wink or a nod about it? it it's absolutely unbelievable to me. Do they, do they, are, are, they, are, we so, are we so programmed and so blind that we really and truly have reached the point where we think transgenderism is normal and we want that taught to our children? Just pull back for a minute. Just pull back for a minute and think about that. Think about that. What are you going to do in your heart if your grandchild comes home at age 10, your grandson wants to be granddaughter at age 10, and he was indoctrinated into that crap in his public schools? What the hell are you going to do then, friends? It's always somebody else's kid, isn't it? It's always somebody else's. It's always happening to somebody else's. As our friend Chad would say, it's always somebody else's mailbox. As long as they're not beating up your mailbox, it's all good. Somebody else's mailbox, that's okay. Well, folks, it isn't okay. It isn't okay. It's not okay that they train your grand, your neighbor's grandkids in doctrines of demons. It's not okay, especially with your tax dollars, my tax dollars. I'm feeling it this morning. Come on in, Jack. Uh, yeah, so it's the same. It's the same subject as I was going to speak on yesterday on Brighton. Um, you, your point was so well taken, but the redress of grievance is what they went there for in, on January sixth. That's what we've been talking about. What you've been talking about for a couple of years: redress of grievance. The last Jack, eleven Jack, words. It was. It was. It was the. Uh, it was the owners of the country going and checking with their employees. That's what it was, yes, Jack. Yes. Yes. Now. Maybe, maybe we can we can capitalize on this. We should be praying for this. The Supreme Court has given us good opinions in the last six months. 
maybe now for the first time in 250 years, the Supreme Court will rule on the last 11 words of the First Amendment. The redress of grievance has never been adjudicated. Maybe now we will get a ruling that says the government must respond. That's what we've been looking for. Amen. Um, and <clears throat> to answer your question about why we can't get any further than where we are, is the founders didn't watch YouTube videos. They read <clears throat> John Locke. They read Blackstone. They knew these people. And they experience the pain of tyranny. We don't. Amen. We, we Amen, watch Jake. a two-minute video. We're, we're in the begin, beginning throes of it now. You just, start, folks, you just go to your internet and you pull up your videos and you see it going on everywhere. And you think, oh, well, that's awful. That's awful. That won't happen here. Yes, it will. Yeah. Yes, it will, folks. Yes, it will. And and I was I was thinking the other day, and I, you know, what what if all of a sudden uh, the FBI didn't like something that. J.R. Harrison was saying on his show on Saturday mornings. They didn't like some guest that he had on his show. And the black limousines uh, pull up in front of his house. And they come in and they handcuff him and they take him away to who knows wherever. What are we going to do on the show the next day? Pray for J.R.? Well, let's, let's pray for J.R. Let's pray for his family. This is a reality. I get up every I'm, – I'm I don't make it up. I get up every morning wondering, are they going to be out there today? Actually, I got it wrong because they probably come in the middle of the night. Probably when they come, right? Is today going to be the day that they're going to show up? We don't, under, we don't understand how vicious that this tyranny around us is, friends. We don't understand. Because, look, it's demonic, okay? It's demonic. It's demonic. The devil has no mercy. And the devil's kids are the ones who are in control. How else can you explain that doctors continue to advise people to take vaccines that are killing people. That no doctors will rise up and say, no, no. What is that? What is that, friends? It's fear and intimidation. Worrying about their own lives. What are they going to say? What are people going to say? What's going to happen to me? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my house? What? I, I, I can't afford to do that. What, what will I do? Next thing we wake up and look around, at two, I saw two more yesterday. Two perfectly healthy athletes dropped over dead. wonder what that was. They get the fall with that one, huh? What happened then? We're dumb in a box of freaking rocks. And God didn't make us this way, friends. He didn't make it this way. And I'm sick, of the, I'm, I'm sick of the attitude that we win in the end, dude. You know, we're supposed to be winning now. We're supposed to be casting down imaginations and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the, uh, the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity. We're supposed to be bringing, I'm sorry if this doesn't meet your theology. We're supposed to bring in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every lie they're trying to teach to your kids in public schools, we're supposed to be bringing that into obedience to the Word of God. That's what we're supposed to do. Amen. That's what our pastors are supposed to do. That's what the people in the church are supposed to do, to rise up and say, that is against the obedience of Christ. No to that. We will not teach that anymore. That's called so you say it's not loving, that, that you're judgmental and you're hateful, and that's not very Christian. And who are you to judge and pray for them? Hey, I'm all over it, right? I'm all over it. 
And uh, we're gonna. I've been doing this show almost six years. We're gonna be here a year from now. You guys think they're gonna let us? The way things are going, you think they're gonna let us be here a year from now? You, th- you think that? You don't think it's some morning we're gonna wake up and the feed's cut? And we don't know why or how or whatever, huh? Uh, come on in, Mel. Yeah, good morning. Hey, so, hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Listen, please, please. I don't want this to become a, I'm talking to me now. I don't want this to become a gripe session. Oh, woe is me. I want to freaking win. I want to smack somebody in the mouth. I want the Lord to break some teeth. I want the Lord to dig some pits that they fall back in. That's what I want. I want the wicked to be punished. I want them to make an open, show of them openly. I want us to see the wicked judged. Is that unchristian? I don't think it is. Because seeing the wicked judged before us gets the rest of us in line. I want to see it. I pray for it. Judge him, Lord. Judge him, Lord. Lord, let me see Hillary hang. I do. I, I believe that. I believe that. Go ahead, Mel. All right. Well, I'm really excited this morning. I'm very optimistic. Me too. Um, Coach, Coach, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that um, that that I haven't shared with you yet, but um, I'm building a team around me, which is awesome. And, um, you know, the Liberty Action Network is trying to accomplish that. It's trying to create a platform so that we can do action together. And it goes beyond past assault. I mean, we're trying yes. to engage. You know, you, you met with the Gideon's Army people in Cape Cod, you know, the resistance chicks, Bards FM. You know, go there for a conference, Hidden Day. There's all these different groups, again, working in their own silos. And we're trying to create a way so that we can create an action, come alongside other people's actions, you know, pr- cross-promote events and things like that. <laughs> it's, it's coming along, and I'm, I'm really yeah. excited. God's this got a great to- team, Mel. God's got a great team. I have no doubt of it. He has a, um, we have unbelievable players, no doubt about it. Yeah, so this is this is the the goal of the Liberty Action Network is to become a hub for that action, and and it, it's going to go beyond you know this huddle group. So we're going to build some things here. We're going to come along some other people's actions. Um, the one that we're working on right now is you know the January sixth action, and when you go to the action, you know it describes a little bit about the action. Um, you know I've got Bloody Hill posted there, so you can easily click on the documentary of Bloody Hill. <laughs> hey, hang, the, on, hang on, hang on, hang yeah. on, hang on, no. I want everybody in here, today it says there's 124 in the queue. Every one of you share Bloody Hill with 10 people. That's 1,240 people. And ask them to share it with 10 people. How, folks, how hard is it? How hard is that? Go ahead. Yeah, and at the end of that documentary, um, you know, we've got the stophate.com, which, you know, David Summerall was talking about yesterday. So as you saw, Coach, I mean, and if, if anybody's been there, I mean, we don't want to reinvent the wheel of, of what this group has already done. It doesn't make sense for us to do that. Um, last night or yesterday, I guess I was talking to Craig Mickle and I've been talking to Reggie. It's Craig and Reggie that are going to be the organizers on this Good. action. So Good. I'm going to hand it off to Craig. Craig, if you're there, can you talk a little bit about um, your idea? I think it's a really good one and we, it'll really kind of supplement and not, you know, redo what they're already doing, you know, with stop hate. So Craig, can you kind of pick up the ball there? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's what Oh, I'm getting feedback. Let me let me check and see if you don't turn my phone off. Hold on. We're okay, Craig. We we hear you okay. No feedback. Uh, okay. All right. Um, well the thing is, is um we know where these people are at. 
And we know that uh, the power of being in one accord is very, very powerful. So, you know, we got an air, grant, air game and a ground game. And uh, I'm trying to put that together. And, uh, you know, when I, this thing about Miracle on 34th Street, about, uh, you know, a bunch of mail and stuff like that, to me, that's, that's easy fishing for a lot of people to come along. And I think, uh, you know, that's why we need to talk with you, Coach, and do some things. Mm-hmm. You know, we're our own media, right? So, like you said, you tell 10, they tell 10, and before you know it, plus you have some uh, resources to get some of this information out. So, as we as we kind of, we want to ha- have a plan in action and say, hey, this is what we're doing. But it is going to involve the mail. It is going to be able to, uh, you know, get some of these people who are the representatives. You know, there, there are people that are, are located in the same facility. Okay, and then there are people of states that, you know, we need to put some ownership on the people in those particular states. So let's just say, example, you have three people that are in from Nevada that are in prison right now. Well, we need to get, you know, like Jeffrey and that, you know, let's say, hey, look, these are our guys, our state. Let's get some folks around there. You know, we can get some uh, veterans of foreign wars. We can use some of the military. We can use get a hold of some of these groups and say, hey, look, these guys are, are ours we have ownership in it. What are we going to do about it? Here's some people doing it. Let's get behind them and let's synergize this thing. And if we're in prayer and one accord and the Lord's behind it, it's going to be successful. Amen, brother. I like it. It's just a matter of order. You're singing my song, man. Sing my song. Go Craig, go Mel, go, go team Jesus. Go. And then one more more thing, coach. So Reggie, if you can come in too and kind of talk about the spiritual warfare part of this. Yeah, I won't drag. I won't drag it out. It's simple. It's so simple. These people work in ninety percent of the spiritual realm, and it's just focusing on the spiritual realm, honing in on the operation on the spiritual realm outside of the flesh. And then the more we repeat this and and try to put out a like a, a little bit of a diagram for you to focus on, it'll come. God will work. So when you're open, I don't need to teach anything. You'll just start, it'll just start coming. So we're going to focus in on that. That's like, you know, in the spirit realm. So we're going to take them out there. Amen. Because all first, as, as the Luciferians say, first above, then beneath, right? Let's look, let's, come on. We understand. Not everybody does. We understand somewhat the spiritual component of what's going on here. Come on. We know the weapons of our warfare. We understand this. Let's sit around and stop complaining and let's get organized and let's push back and do something. Jonathan, then Bernie. Go, Jonathan. What I like, since I'm kind of new to this group, um, I God brought me in with a vision, and there's many others that have a vision, but we don't have to come <laughs> under one named umbrella. I think part Amen. of what Satan does, he sees like promise keepers or any of these movements of the past and he gets into those, infiltrates those, and takes the whole thing down. I think it's good that we stay separate in our what our calling is, the diversity of gifts idea, and let the spirit of the Lord pneumatically, spiritually manage the whole thing. Each of us with the calling, but separate. So the enemy can't infiltrate, you know, the big thing. And, and this is where uh, even some of the movements in the recent time got infiltrated. You look at what happened to the music side with Toby Mac. I mean, he's become a Luciferian. All this stuff, all this stuff is all about, you know, Satan puts out the jewels and the pretty stuff and the women and the opportunity for fame and people fall for this crap. We can't fall for that nonsense anymore. 
And I like Myra's verses because this is where I always go. First century, Paul, how did he break a city? How did he break Ephesus? How did he break Corinth? You know he did spiritual warfare, but he preached publicly. That We don't put this in four walls. George Whitfield preached publicly. Amen. Amen. Has to be preached. If we're going to change the carnal mind, it's God that does it with the message. We can't change the carnal mind. I can't change the carnal mind. Amen. God can change the carnal mind. And guess what happens? When we preach the gospel, who, who's, a, who's most scared? Satan. Amen. He knows that we've got the most powerful weapon on earth with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Anybody can get saved, the highest down to the lowest. Who knows? That's my point of view. I know, you know, and I hope it's understood. Amen. You know why, Jonathan? Because you're a sports guy. You understand it. You understand teams, right? You understand it. Again, hey, it's in hard. Bernie. Yeah, thanks, Coach. So I was thinking last night that that makes both ignoramus. What happens when someone seeks honor from men instead of God? And then I was, so I was thinking about that. I'm like, I should post that. I'm like, no, so I should look it up. So I looked up Webster's uh, 1828, you know, and it says, ignoramus, it says, the endorsement which a grand jury make on a bill presented to them for inquiry when there is not evidence to support the charges on which all proceedings are stopped and the accused person is discharged. <laughs> and I was thinking about bloody hell. I'm like, man, all those guys then, need it. We have it. We have it up on the screen. Ignoramus. I never thought. I never knew this. The in, endorsement which a grand juries make on a bill presented to them for inquiry, when there is not evidence to support the charges, on which all proceedings are stopped and the accused person is discharged. Instead, we got them locked up in jail, Bernie. We got. Right, we, we, need, we need an ignoramus, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, my goodness, Lord help us. Good, good catch there, Bernie. Randy. Yeah, Coach, we're changing it. We just get a little discouraged sometimes because it's not changing fast enough. Yeah, but that's, that's we true. are changing everything. We right now in real time, we're changing everything, Coach. But look, everybody's not in the twelve. Everybody's not in the seventy. Everybody's not in the hundred and twenty. A lot of the people are in the 4,000. They want to follow when they get fed what they can get out of it. We we have to be good with that, you know, but it's like building a company, Coach. You're looking for that hitter. You're going to keep going through those 4,000, and finally you're going to find a hitter in there. It's a home run hitter, and, and they're going to they're going to be come up to the 12. You know, we just have – I have to be good with that. You know, I get, I get so Man. angry, get so mad because people won't get in here and do anything. And yeah. I'm just like you, and I'm still yeah. preaching it. I ain't, I'm not going to quit. But we got to understand too, Coach. There's just not that many that are going to come and be the boots on the ground on the front. No, that's true. That's true. That's who we are. That's right, Randy. If you're in here, Coach, I remember the saving last night, and he put out a great video on the obelisk and the Washington Monument. But he's where I was two or three years ago. He he's catching up, Coach, and he's he's out there doing the media thing, which is great. I'm all behind it. But we were, I was, we were doing stuff in the prophetic realm way before they, these guys. So what that shows me, coach, we are actually making things happen 
even if we don't do but think one thing major thing a month you know we can't be there every at all of these things but that's right that's right you know the verse for second corinthians coach when you're talking about taking all the things to Christ and every imagination, well, the last that I really love, Coach, it says, and when we do that, we punish all disobedience because Amen. we were obedient. Amen. I, I, Randy, we, right. we, we preach and we pray that it's a spiritual war, and then we don't engage spiritually. That's why That's why uh, the whole idea with the uh, Liberty Action Network is to make these exercises very, very easy, very easy. See, listen, all of you, all, I'm talking to me, all of us could make 10 phone calls today. All of us could. It'd be, it'd be, listen, if we won't make 10 phone calls, then we don't really care. To be honest with you. We're dealing with a lot of apathy and a lot of complaining and all of us because we don't really know where to plug in and really know what to do. And the other side is relentless, folks. They, they fight at night. They never, ever quit. And we have, to, we have to develop that same attitude. Joe Allen, come on then, Craig. How many Constitution minutes we have? Thirty-three. I think. Just, just, just imagine. Look back a couple of years where the Taliban had twenty or thirty men lined up on their knees in front of the ocean with their duct tape over their mouth and hands behind their back. Start with the First Amendment. We got people already suffering, spending thousands of dollars. Represent Alex Jones is one of them. I don't know if you guys watch him or not. Millions of dollars he's already spent just to keep it so he could speak. Your Second Amendment is going to be gone. Get out what Coach is saying. He's on point. Get out and represent. Stand. Uh, folks, I meant Joseph. Hey, folks, a lot of this can be done. You don't even have to leave your house. You don't even have to leave your house to do it. We, we don't. We, we don't, man. We're going to regret the day that we didn't. Uh, Craig, come on then, and Clay. Just to follow up there, Coach, and maybe you can open up the chat. I'll see if I can post these. I mean, Scripture doesn't – it tells us to take care of the poor and the widows and those in prison. So I pulled up some Scriptures. I sent them to Mel. But I just want to share a couple of these with you here. Okay, it says Hebrews 13, 3 says, remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those mm-hmm. are treated since you yourselves are in the body also. Psalm 142, 7 says, bring me out of prison that I might give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me where you will deal bountiful with me. Wow. Psalm 146, 7, who executes justice for the oppressed? That's a good one right there. Yeah, yeah. Who gives food to the hungry? The Lord sets the prisoners free. So when I was talking with Mel yesterday, I said, we got to leave room. You know, we do all these things and stuff like that, but we can do things. We got to leave room for the Holy Spirit and God to act amongst the people. And if you're going to call yourself a Christian and we have people who are being oppressed and justice is not being served, these people are being held in prison. They should be out on bail and you should be able to write a letter, a handwritten letter, and send those to these particular people, and we're going to organize that. The, we're going to let the Holy Spirit work on them. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to point out this is your duty. This is your responsibility. Here's the scriptures that are going to hold you accountable for it, and we're going to let it, let it go at that. And I think that the, the Lord's going to work in a great and mighty way. Amen. Amen, God, Craig. You did all that down in zeros. Hey, by the way, Chad just texted me here. Folks, listen. Uh, Chad says, remind folks 
uh, that your email list has received the video. Send the video to those outside this email list. Send it to the family members and friends. I just sent my I just sent one out here. Here's what I said on the email I just sent out. Where is it? Where is it, Coach? There, there it is. I said, uh, I'll give each of you $10 after you watch this video and $5 for everyone you share it with. Now, will they? I don't know. Clay, come on in. Yeah, two things in regard to why people aren't getting involved and in doing something. And uh, the main reason is because they're in a state of denial. Um, yep. If they're living the same way that they've been living for the last, uh, you know, 30, 40 years of their life, and they're not making any changes and they're not preparing, then they're going to be absolutely screwed. And all their families and our family members are not going to be able to take care of them. And they can't, they can't take, they can't take that. They can't accept that. So they're in a state well, of denial. Yeah, we, that's right. State of denial. We don't want to believe it's bad, as bad as it is, Clay. That's what it is. Right? That's it. And 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 the other thing is, is they don't want to admit that they've been duped. If you get a really good buy on a car or a boat, you'll go brag and tell everybody, man, I got a great deal. I got a great deal. But if you screwed up and let somebody take advantage of you, generally you want to keep your mouth shut. And they don't want to admit that they've been duped all these years. Amen. So, Clay, we have to ask ourselves this, those of us here in the queue, what are you personally going to do when six weeks from now they tell you you got to put a mask on, they're going to lock you right down? What are you going to do? We have to begin thinking that way. Julie, then Roger. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, team. Um, amen to what Randy and Craig said. <clears throat> um, I believe the Lord is pressing people to stretch them. Um, to the point where they would, you're going to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Um, like for me, for canning, you know, I never can meat, and I'm going to do that. But anyway, um, I think it's going to be a point where God's going to make people, he's going to press them from every side, but they won't be crushed, like the scripture says. But mm-hmm. I'm desperate. And they are going to start to like, okay, this is what we need to do, like what you were saying. Right now, people aren't wanting to share. They're not wanting to do, you know, they're thinking someone's going to come and save them. But. God's going to um, come in on the scene, and he's going to like, okay, my will is going to be done on this Amen. earth. You know, that's what, but yeah, I just want to share. Thanks. I mean, Julie, when I, when I, when I see uh, that, when people say that, that God would end abortion, I shudder because it ain't going to, it wouldn't be pretty. If he was going, the guy's going to do it. He's given us a way to do it. He wants us to do it. If he has to move, it won't be a pretty thing. Roger. Oh, Dave, there's just so many topics this morning. It's overwhelming. And I don't know where to to go, but, um, you know, my wife goes to a church, and I go a couple times a month now. I used to go every Sunday. And, Dave, I don't think they're going to catch it. Um, They are living and and doing church the same as they did three years ago, two years ago. Flowing yep. from vacation Bible school to summer picnic to <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I I just that that's what I'm seeing, and and I don't think my church is anything unique. I think we're going to lose a lot of people. I I just think the falling away will be great. I still think in Judges Jephthah we can be that, but I, that's just my input this morning. I. 
I don't hold out great hope of changing a lot of people. I, I think of Reggie's yeah. comments a week or so ago about going after those that are committed and are in, and that kind of resonates a little bit because if where I attend is an example of kind of what's happening, Dave, they're just not seeing it. And these are decent, good people. They're not heathens. They're, you know, but they're bringing their kids in on Sunday, sending them on Monday to the government schools, going to the Friday night. It's just as it's as if they think everything is going to be okay. Lambs to the Amen, slaughter. Roger. What the rich scripture says, as lambs to the slaughter. Pastor Dale, come on in here. Need some wisdom from you. Oh, well, brother. First off, I, I, I didn't get to share that with 10 people, but I did get to share it with 15. How's that? <laughs> That's good. That's than than Amen. Right. Yeah, we had such a we had a packed house for prayer last night. Imagine that. That's one of the hardest things to get people to go to. But coach, I just want to encourage you and and I don't just throw acclimates out there. You know, as Paul wrote in Corinthians, it says there are many parts to the body. Amen. Brother, you know, there are many parts to an arrow. But it sure is nice being the tip of that spear. <laughs> uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Amen, Dale. Appreciate you, man. Neil Levy, come on in. And Jeff Klein. Yeah, I just want to encourage people who may not have that demeanor to be the, the mouthpiece or the, or the front, front person. You know, if you take a, a surgeon in an operating room, he's surrounded by people. He can't be operating and look over there and say, oh, this person needs more anesthetic and run across the room and turn the switches and the dials on anesthesia machine and the hose falls off or something he can't run. He's got to stay steady. So we also need to encourage the people that, that are supporting these people behind the scenes. And I think people sometimes get discouraged if they're not the front person. You always need the people behind the scenes to help encourage the one that is up front. Amen. You know, Neil, when I was coaching football, I always made sure the custodian got a hat and a shirt. Always made sure they got a hat and a shirt because they were just as important to what we were doing. Believe it or not, they were. And we need, we need custodians. We need, need broom pushers. We need clothes washers. We need people who will do those mundane things. We're not all called to ride on the, on the horse, all right? We're not all called. Some are called to clean the stable. It's a, it's a noble job. It's a noble job for everybody. Jeff and then Debbie. Coach, I got that sent out to 32 people last night. Five of them were pastors. And I've got a few already responding back, but I'm going to follow back up with them each day in the next couple of days. Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Right. I, got, I noticed something the other day. I got the picture in my office at the car lot of the January 6th, our little team we had that stood with Pastor Bill, because there was seven or eight of us, and there was four or five other guys that we didn't know till that day. And they stood there for four hours with us. One of them actually turned their bullhorn over to Pastor Bill. And I got to think about this. Pastor Bill pointed it out the other night. He said, see that guy right there in the picture? I said, yeah. He said, he's locked up. I said, what? And this guy was a warrior. I mean, he was a great guy. You would have loved him to death. And I thought last night, I thought, you know what? I got to find out who that is after watching that bloody go. I got to find out who he is and where his family's at and see if there's something we can do to help him. Cause pastor Bill for four hours preached outside of that boy. And he said, I'll take them steps, but I got to know, do you have my back? And the crowd would say, yes. And I thought, now do we have this guy's back? 
So I'm going to find out who the guy was in our picture. It's really, really important, Jeff. It really, really is important. And that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, to me, it's amazing that nobody in this queue has been arrested. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, right? What will we do when they are? What will we do? Debbie Perkins, come on in, Deb. Well, I think <clears throat> I've been reading that book that I sent you, Todd Frills, Judge Not. Yes. I'm shocked at what's going on in the churches that I had no idea. I mean, I thought my church was liberal at times, but I had no idea what was going on. But I think one of the things is there's thousands and thousands of people sitting in the pews every single Sunday waiting for the pastor to ring the bell or make the siren go. And so they assume all is well in the world. My pastor will warn me if we need to do something. Isaiah 56, real quick. Isaiah 56, uh, Spencer. Isaiah 56, 10. Keep going, Debbie. I'm sorry. No, that's, I think that, that that's truly it. I think they're just waiting. They go on with their days. They go on with their, their pastors preaching on silly things or, you know, maybe quoting one scripture and then building his thing on it. But yeah. I just yeah. think that's, they're waiting. They're like, they are sheep. They're waiting and they trust their pastor as their leader. Big mistake. Yeah. Um, but I think that's why there's such inaction because they just don't think they need to. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 10 says, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. Dumb meaning not stupid, but silent. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot... Mm understand not do not cannot understand why because they all look their own way everyone for his own gain and from his own quarter come ye say they i'll get us some popcorn and pizza and we'll get some drink and we'll fill ourselves and we'll laugh and we'll pray in the spirit and tomorrow will be even better than today that's where we are friends right there's exactly hey, coach, this is J- this is jr uh Follow up is critical. You can't if you just send this to to a friend or yep. your neighbors or whatever, then you don't follow. What Jeff said is critical. You have to follow up. And here's here's five words that you can use. Can we count on you? Hmm. Ask them that question. Amen. Good question, Jr. Good, good question. Can we count on you? Can we count on you, Judd? Come in. Good to see you again this morning. You're going to get hooked. Be careful. Amen, brother. <laughs> you know, Coach, you just mentioned it. You know what? It's, it's the playbook. It is. What is your playbook of life? Do you know the playbook? You know, as a coach, you know what? you got the, the offense and your defense. And if you ain't studied your opponent, if you don't understand what plays to run, you just mentioned it. And you know what? That's the thing. Most people, they don't, they've never studied the playbook. They never studied the opposition. And they don't know, you know what? Hey. Sometimes you need to say, I know a play's coming. You know what? Oski, Oski, Oski. We've got to say, hey, we're calling it audible. There has to be a blitz. Mike Linebacker, you need to know when. You know what? The coach coached you up. You know what? He coached you up. But you know what? Sometimes I always heard this. There was a guy, Mike, Mike Singletary. He said, you know what? The coach will call the play. But sometimes there's what's called player's instinct. No mm. player's instinct is it's the Holy Spirit. 
And the <laughs> best of the best, no one to blitz the gap and say, you know what? Coach taught me, but he gave me authority. And that authority was, you know what? When I saw something, I read a defense, I saw something. He gave me the authority and the, and the respect to say, you know what? I'm going to blitz the gap. Amen. He didn't call the play, but you know what? Hey, I remember coach running off the field, grabbing your face mask, looking you in the eye and saying, I didn't call that blitz. Looking him right back in the eyes and saying, coach, Holy Spirit told me to go through that gap. And he looked <laughs> right back in your eyes and saying, thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit and your coaching. <laughs> and when I'm telling you guys, you know what? We all have to say, you know what? We can't just take orders all the time. Our pastors, you know what? They may be good men, but here's the thing. A lot of them are bought and paid, and it's a sad fact. But you can get around. You can find out who has been. You can find out by sending, you know what, that January 6th bloody hill to them. And here's what you'll find out. If they don't say anything, more than likely, they're on the opposition. Mm. More than likely, they're paying dues every single month. And model people don't know this. You know what? What are those apostle dues that they're paying? Man, I had no idea that the enemy has penetrated some of these organizations. Well, you talk about the mask that's coming up. Guys, we're telling you what, it's coming. It's coming. You know what? I remember as a young kid, as a freshman, I told you this the other night, playing University of Wisconsin, Terrell Fletcher came around the outside. My coach taught me up, coached me up, said, don't break outside contain. Don't let your head go inside. Don't break outside contain. Well, guess what? I bit his fake. His move, his deception, put his head inside, did a little wiggle, and you know what? I bit it, and he went around the side, 95 yards for a touchdown. And to this day, I will never bite the head fake ever again. Keep your heads on the outside contain. Never break contain, because here's why. You've got a whole rally of your kingdom troops that are here to rally the story and come in and make the tackle. If you don't break outside contain, it's called being a team player. But the other part of it is you need to know your playbook. You need to know the scriptures. You need to be part of the kingdom of God and God's team. And so, guys, the mass part's coming. What will you do? Don't break the head fake and say, guys, go out there and tell the world. That video that we're talking about sending out for coach and for the team, you know what? Send 10 a day. People need to hear this message because here's what it's doing. It's resonating with people. It's waking them up. They've been put to sleep through, yeah, I call it MK Ultra. People don't understand the whole big process, but they've been put to sleep. And guess what? You're the guy on the sideline running on the field, grabbing their face mask saying, hey, you're good enough. God has empowered you. Listen, guys, wake up. And guys, here's what we're doing. We're taking back the country because, you know what? God is in control. And he's empowered each and every one of you guys to do great and mighty things. You know, Proverbs 12, 26 says, a righteous is a guide to his neighbor. The righteous are a guide to his neighbor. Have you met your neighbor? Are you willing to go shake the hands down the street and say, guys, there's something coming. We need to partner. We need to be in unity. They need to see the light in your eyeballs. They need to know that your flame has been lit. And they can come to you for hope because you know what? You got answers that the whole world doesn't have on TV. They're going to be searching for you. Are you going to answer the bell? We love you guys. Amen. Amen. Are you going to answer the bell? You know, as, as you were talking there, uh, Judd, I'm, I'm telling you, I've, I know what a, I know what it's like to 
football field, right? The inside linebacker's like, watch the trap, watch the trap, watch the trap. And now he's, <laughs> it's going on that constant communication going on all the time. Folks, we got ourselves an unbelievably remarkable team. We just got to pull this whole thing together. Oh, what a time to be alive. God's getting ready to move. He's going to upset some apple carts. And we got to be ready to move forward when it happens. Amen. God bless you. Folks. We'll see you tomorrow.